Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher and church planter in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for His sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. Today with me, I have Keith Radke. He's a church planter, musician, songwriter, husband, father of seven kids. And after years of serving in worship ministry, he is the founding pastor of River Community Church in West Jordan, Utah. Pleased to have Keith with us today. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Mike. It is so cool to be here on Lose Yourself. I definitely didn't want to lose the studio, uh, so get, put things in context. But no, I, I love your show, and I'm, I'm super thankful and, and humbled by your introduction. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate you coming by. We're just kind of brothers in arms here yeah. in Utah, just planting churches and serving the Lord. I, th- I love having your perspective on some things. And so, you know, as many of you know, lose yourself is a call to discipleship. Mm. And that's a word, you know, Ben Neiser described discipleship as a wet bar of soap, that it is a term that is just as soon as you grab hold of it, it just seems to just slip out of your hands. You know, it's just hard to to really define that. And so when I have guests on, I have two questions I usually start with. One is when you hear the word discipleship or disciple, what comes to mind? Mm -hmm. And then what do you think most of our culture thinks of that word? Well, if I could answer the second question first, sure. uh, um, I think the culture, uh, there's two cultures I think we're talking about. We're talking about the inside culture, right? right. There's all that, you know, inside baseball, we got, we got the secret hand, uh, handshakes and signals <laughs> and stuff. Like discipleship is this word that we use um, to describe generically what this is all about. It's all about disciples. It's all about making disciples. It's all about discipleship, discipleship. And it's like, well, what are you talking about? Well, we've got a concert that's all about discipleship. And we got Sunday school and it's all about discipleship. And so we stick everything within the church culture, whether it really has anything to do with this term called discipleship, we just lump it all into there. Like missions. Like missions, exactly. So it, missions is overseas and missions is at, at, at the coffee shop down the street. But if I really don't have anything to say, I just, well, I'm on mission, right? right. Now, you know, so, <laughs> and I, you know, and I mean, that's part of our, of, of our language as a church. Like we go, we leave the community, so to speak of faith and we go on mission to love and to reach the world that God loves. And, and so we use the term, but y- you got to define it. So, so discipleship in my experience growing up in the church has been, and I love I, I'm going to have to buy Ben a cup of coffee for that because that's incredible. A wet bar of soap. Right. Like from church to church that I've you know been a member of to ones that I've pastored at or even started, but it's all over the place. And so I, I really appreciate the way that you frame that because it becomes such a used term that it's really useless. <laughs> right. And that is something that I've had to rediscover as a pastor. I, I'm One of my most critical moments in ministry was when we planted a church in North Carolina, we were at about the three-year mark, which in most experiences seems like the three mark is like, are you going to make it? Right. You know, it, it's like Wednesday, right? Wednesday's the third day of the work week. Are you going to make it past Wednesday? Because if you do, the rest is a breeze. And so that was the juncture. And what hit me in the face was you have not properly defined, understood, and applied biblical discipleship. So maybe I'm kind of more just pointing out the problem sure. with the term than than actually offering a, a healthy definition. But I promise someone who's listening, who's writing this down, going, good. Yes, yes, you're speaking to me. Write it down and attribute it to Mike Cunningham, Okay, just in case there's any controversy <laughs> or controversy. 
uh, I don't know, some radio show or TV show said controversy, and I always thought that was funny. <laughs> and, I, and I think just like the church has gone through its own series of the worship wars, right? Right. You know, which song should we be singing and should there be a guitar and electric or just keyboards or those kind of things? I think there's been a discipleship war. Like what is the best method? What is the best definition of discipleship? And, and I really do appreciate, you know, that losing ourselves the way that Jesus called us to lose ourselves is where the journey of true discipleship begins. But I do think it's important for us to recognize, like we have used the term so much in such a generic, one thing kind of defines everything sort of a way that we have to get back to what Jesus said, really, what Jesus said discipleship is. Absolutely. You know, for example, we talked about the word mission or talking about discipleship. Mm-hmm. You can use the word to kind of make your activity sound more spiritual. Yeah. You can use it on anything. If we're dreaming, you've got your church, I've got mm-hmm. mine. What do we want a disciple to look like who tends our church, who gets mentored or grows in their faith or gets serious about scripture? What does it even look like to disciple someone? And mm-hmm. what does a disciple look like? Well, and, and that comes back to your first question is, you know, defining it in, in the context of what our understanding is biblically. When Jesus called people to follow him, that was the call to discipleship. And if we were to apply this, for example, to parenting, um, which you know we've talked a lot about before, that is a good way to define it. Our kids know nothing about right. life when they come into the world. Wow. Completely, totally, without a clue. Like I mean, even just naturally being born, it's not that they're not intelligent. It's they haven't developed to that place yet, right? And so you know, babies need to be held and fed and and changed and protected. And as they grow, the, their, their mental capacity kicks in to begin to understand. But most kids, I should say all kids, I think, they learn by looking. They learn by being with mom and dad. They learn by being with their siblings. And that's what Jesus was saying when he was saying, come and follow me. He was saying, come and be with me. Here it is, uh, Mark three thirteen. He went up on the mountain, called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. So they were recruited. Jesus, mm-hmm. first he recruited them. And he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, which means ambassadors or, or those who are sent as delegates. Here's what he did, so that they might, one, be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. So First, we emphasize discipleship and ministry is what Jesus wants us to do and the gospel message, which is so important, and how to preach the word and how to you know, help people who are broken and hurting and, and how to go on mission, you know, all these terms that we use. But we forget that it started with, so they could be with him. And that's the same thing that we do with our children. Like our children learn by being with us. People, when they start an apprenticeship or, or some sort of a, it, maybe they're on an education track, there's a certain point when a doctor has to begin their residency. Right. They have to be with the surgeons. They have to be with the experts. People have already been down the road. And, and that, to me, is discipleship. It's, it's withness. It's being together with Jesus first, and it's being together with others who are following Jesus, preferably those who are with him in relationship. I hope I'm not getting ahead of the question no, here. Oh, you're good. Um, but there's an acronym that... Uh, I've come to adopt recently and to understand it's the word real and real can be defined not so much like a one, two, three, four, but like a four leaf clover, Sure, four overlapping circles that they, they're all intertwined or four strands of a rope. Real R being relationship, E being example, 
A being accountability, and L being leadership. So discipleship, real discipleship, has relationship, it has example, it has accountability, and it involves leadership. And so maybe we can unpack those. Here. I love that. We'll begin with R. Yeah. I'd like two aspects of this. We'll break apart the, the R-E-A-L. And also, I like, in terms of the family, in terms of the mm-hmm. way we do church, let's work inside out. Sure. I mean, I like... You know, Acts 1-8, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, exactly. ends of the earth. I mean, I think sometimes I'm someone who struggled for years with always having my head in the clouds and mm-hmm. wanted to be, I always heard the go right. ye therefore, but I didn't hear the other right. <laughs> aspects. And so I love that you said apostle because we get our word missionary from apostle. It's, yes, it's, we do. They're very similar. And I think that we sometimes think of, of someone as a foreign missionary and they just go out mm-hmm. and we're sending them far, far away. And that's where we send people and we do need to do that. But also we are to be ambassadors in our home, right. in our community, right. in our church. We're never not an ambassador. Yeah, We don't take breaks. We don't have those moments. And so just the, the location changes, the context changes, the language changes, but, the, but we're at our heart an ambassador of Christ. And so, and we, and those inform our relationships. Yes. They, they help us decide, first of all, the relationships we're supposed to have. They also inform our family relationships. And so, yeah, I, I, if we could work inside out yeah, and then you know, so we'll start with that. And then also, which will eventually get to kind of the churchy stuff. But if we could begin with the relationship, the R, and then maybe the, some of the family stuff. Well, just think about it. J- Jesus is the first apostle sent by the father to to bring good news of great joy, right? And that is that we are separated from relationship with God because of sin. Right. And Jesus came not just to bring the, the message, so to speak, but to actually represent the heart, the intent, the purpose of God in every way as God in the flesh, as, as divinity in human form, 100% to do everything that was necessary to repair, restore that relationship. And so that's the heart of God. The heart of God is relationship. Go back to the garden, right? He creates man and woman for relationship with each other, but also for relationship with him. And so he walks in the garden with them. Uh, He leads uh, his people out of Egypt, out of bondage, so he can call them my people, so he can place them in a promised land, a, a land that he would be their God and he would be their king. And there's a relationship there. And, you know, all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, you see the heartbeat of God as one for relationship. So Jesus first came to restore relationship. And the way that he called people into this thing called discipleship was come and follow me, be with me, and and I will show you and I will make you, right? He said, I will make you fishers of men. What he What Jesus did was show them that God wanted first a relationship. And Mike, I've grown up in a Christian home. Church is practically all I know. My earliest days of church is meeting in an elementary school cafeteria because it was a church plant. Mm-hmm. And then from that church plant, we went to another one that met in a garage. You know, uh, And so it. trying to get away from church planting has been nearly impossible <laughs> because it was part of my DNA as a kid. Well, it's a very high return on investment. It is. There's American bias yeah. that three people having a Bible study under a tree overseas as a church, but here it's, it's just, not. It's, not. And it's just a Bible study. It's just a Bible study. <laughs> Does that make sense? And so you don't have to have all of the lavish extras right. that we put in our churches for it to be legitimate. 
Yeah. Well, and I think relationship is one of the, one of the expressions of relationship is hospitality. For example, you know, I grew up and we always had people at my house. Um, my dad was in the Navy mm. and we lived in Hawaii for a long time, uh, up until I was suffering, Hawaii. suffering for Jesus in That's Hawaii right. all the way up until 15 years old. And I remember so many people would eat meals with us. You know, they would just come over to our house in the morning and we'd be doing chores all day long and they'd eat dinner with us. You know right. what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. We had a lot of Marines in particular, I mean, a lot of young sailors too, but more Marines than, than sailors who just, they didn't have anything on the weekends. They didn't have anything when they weren't working and doing Marine things. And they were at our house. They'd sleep on our couches. They would, they would help with the lawn. They'd wash the car. They'd go to church with us. You know, that's, that's discipleship. And that's life on mission, by the way. We mentioned Wait, that earlier. Absolutely. And so I think one of the, maybe the, I don't, I don't want to say this in a negative way, but almost like the lowest bar right. for, for discipleship is just open your heart and your home if you're comfortable. But hospitality is a heart thing. It's not just like your actual home. Although I, I do think vacuum the carpet and, and straighten the pillows out a little bit and have somebody come sit on your couch and just coffee or lunch or something together. So relationship, how are we doing in relationship? If you don't have a relationship with somebody where you've built trust, where you've built a, a sense of familiarity, um, discipleship's really hard because then it becomes textbook, right? Okay, here's my book called Being a Disciple. <laughs> We're going to go through this for four weeks. There's six questions at the e- end of every one. Do your homework, right? It's very academic. Do you get a badge at the end? Yes, you absolutely cer- get a badge. A certificate? Yes. Just want to make sure. Yeah, Thank yeah. You. And if you're not baptized, you get baptized. Oh, okay. And, uh, and yeah, so... I'm not putting down those things. I'm saying that, that a lot of times you say I've, we're working from the inside out. I've done those things. That's well, and I have too. I, I've put together discipleship programs. Like I have, I don't know who you are, but we're going to call these next three or four classes discipleship. Right. No, these are classes about discipleship. The discipleship begins with relationship. Love that. We're out of time, but we'll pick up this conversation on our next episode. This has been Lose Yourself. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a ministry of Grace Church and Mike Cunningham and a production of Key Radio.